there is bone in Gilead to make the wounded To the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God. O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. Psalm 51 in the ESV. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Balm and Gilead podcast. I am Hello. one of the hosts, Brian J. Emerson, and sitting across the state, a little down, right into the next one, is my good friend, Grant Baker. How are you doing tonight, Grant? Hey. Uh, well, um, we are doing all right. We, uh, we had some dinner, and then we had um, a rewatch of our family's YouTube night from Ooh. not this past Friday. Before that, which my wife and uh, son were not 
<laughs> okay. I guess it went well. I fell asleep halfway through. So. All right. Well, Very- um, so our friend Spencer Parsons, he is with us tonight, but he is, he had to be in and out a little bit. So he will jump in periodically. We'll try to edit it to make it sound like he's here the whole time. But I'm telling you now at the beginning of the episode that he's only here for a little bit. So you'll, you'll have to figure out when he's here and when he's not. But uh, he will he'll be back shortly. Uh, until then, Grant, what are you listening to? Well, I listened to a few things this week, uh, and actually in the past, oh, um, couple of weeks, ever since we recorded last, there's been a couple of things that um, I've been looking at. One, uh, and I've listened to this person, I, I just discovered her, her name is Jenny Oaksbaker, she's a violinist, and she does a lot of like hymns and uh, songs like that. We'll link to her in the show notes. I'm pretty sure she's a Mormon. Why um, do the Mormons have all the good musicians? But she's, you know, she's got like a big family and they're from Salt Lake City. And mm. some of the songs, they don't do, um, if I could hide to Kalob, Kalob, whatever it is, um, which is like the dead giveaway, right? That's how you know. But she does play the second most giveaway, which... <laughs> Which is called um, well, uh, Bound for the Promised Land, which okay. I'm almost certain that is a song that uh, the is fairly popular in Mormon circles. She also does Softly and Tenderly on this one, which is not one of my favorite hymns, but maybe it is yours. I don't know. It's maybe not the greatest either. Um, but uh, honestly, talented violinist, um, talented orchestra. I think she plays with the... Uh, Utah Symphony Orchestra or something like that. Anyway, that's my first recommendation. I've also been listening to a lot of Crown and Covenant. And uh, Last FM tells me Spencer Parsons is actually my number three artist of the past several weeks here. Uh, So I've been listening to uh, um, just, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of songs out there, but uh, if you haven't already, go check him out. Uh, Psalm 2, his version of that. of course, My Soul Among Lions has a great version as well, mm-hmm. as do our good friends, uh, uh, poor Bishop Hooper. But um, Spencer, been listening to that a little bit, done some Charlie Gray and Joseph Peach. Also, kind of going back to some of the people that I listened to, uh, and actually on Last FM, are my number one group of all time, Rondo Veneziano. So uh, they are a, I don't, they're, they're difficult to describe. They're like a chamber orchestra, but with a bass guitar and electro synth vibes going. So uh, they're pretty cool too. And just today or Friday, I mean, new release Tuesday or Friday or whatever, uh, Natalie Grant came out with a new song who is another grant in the music world. And therefore, you know, one of my favorites, but she has a brand new song called, um, this is freedom ain't no rack. Uh, she does it live with the belonging company. I know nothing about the belonging company, but the song itself is, is pretty, pretty great. Uh, it has all my favorite kind of moves from, uh, uh, gospel music. And it, it's just like a really wonderful, uh, song start to finish like it a lot. And then a bonus, 
the European jazz trio came out with a just a crazy, crazy album where it's just two songs on the album. And you're going to laugh when I say that this is definitely a guilty pleasure. It's, it's baby shark. If you oh know yeah. That. I remember you but sharing it's that the jazz this. version. It is the jazz version. And, um, I know there are swing dancers in the audience. They also on this album have a swing version as well. Nice. So go and check that out. Uh, all of it is amazing. I did have to scrub the all night in Canto play that my daughter set up, but we uh, have cured that problem. And um, while Encanto has a great soundtrack, it was not actually on my favorites this week. I, what about just, you, man? Well, I do want to point out, I do want to point out that on your list, you have Natalie Grant and Jenny Oaks Baker. <laughs> I only like people with my name. I think yes. that's the lesson here. I think that is the lesson there. Um, so you said that you did mention that, you know, Mormons had the best musicians, but they also have some of the best comedians um, out there. Don't tell me Mark Lowry's a, a Mormon. No, no. I'm talking about Studio C, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, do I love Studio C. Studio and our kids C. too. They are a mainstay. Uh, oh, I will post a video in the show notes. So on to my music for this for this week. Yeah. I have been listening to uh, this. There's this album called Renovate Our Hearts by a band called Providence. I mentioned it last time. I may have even mentioned some of it the week before that, because this is pretty much all I've listened to for like the last like two months. Um, they kind of were, they were doing like the Spotify, you know, release a song a week thing for a while. Mm -hmm. And then it went up. On Good Friday, they officially posted the album. It's eight songs. Uh, four of them are hymn retunings, and then four of them are original songs. One of them is a re-recording of a song they had already written. Uh, but the other three, uh, it's very interesting. One is kind of a theology of God the Father. One is a theology of God the Son. And one is a theology of God the Spirit. And they are all excellent excellent songs uh, I, I really appreciated how those those songs all work really well together and uh kind of a, a side note we're reviewing one of those songs tonight uh, oh creative one yes is is uh, one of the songs we're reviewing tonight also free uh free note here the track two on the album is uh god be merciful to me which is psalm 51 which is the song the song that we just read uh, so that's, that's kind of cool as well. So all, all ties in together. And so that's pretty much all I've, all I've been listening to. My kids have been like completely, uh, just every time we get in the car, can we listen in, into the lantern waste? Can we listen into the lantern waste? I want to listen into the lantern waste. That, it's such I mean, a good song. It is. Or yeah. the album, really. It's an album. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that one is definitely going to be like very, very high on my, uh, on my Spotify end of the year. By the time we get there, um, how about you, Spencer? Uh, what, have, what have you been, What have you been listening to? Well, I've been listening to a lot of solos. Um, I start since we talked last. Um, I've been, uh, you know, still studying some of the EDM um, uh, 
kind of researching through the different genres and stuff like that. I've been yeah. in, um, uh, checking out the uh, EDM kind of funk style stuff. I really like that kind of disco type stuff is what I've been kind of into recently. Any particular, um, uh, anyone in particular? Um, I don't know how to pronounce some of them. Some of them are like in Japanese or something. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I have a little playlist that I put together as I hear stuff. Um, oh, awesome. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's, um, it's been pretty fun. But, uh, one of the things that I noticed, even though a lot of them are instrumental and there's nothing really, um, necessarily wrong with the songs themselves, just the, the, um, absence of listening to as much scripture and, and, uh, um, you know, worship music, I think was starting to, to affect me a little bit. So I kind of hmm. got off the EDM, got back into the worship music. I think that's been a lot more healthy for me. Um, so I'm trying to learn how to balance the research and the actual feeding my, my soul there. Um, so I, that's when I started listening through the solace again, and I've really been enjoying the Hebrews album. It's probably, I go back and forth, but right now I think Hebrews is my favorite. Um, nice. Solidarity. <laughs> then a couple of, uh, of weeks ago, I really was um, putting that uh, Great Adventure album by Stephen Curtis Chapman on, on high repeat there. Sorry. Yep, that's it. So there's there's <laughs> like four or five four or five songs on there that I really enjoy. There's several on them that I I always skip, but um, it just takes me back to my childhood a little bit. Um, you guys remember what a yak back is? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. My wife had one yes. actually. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had a yak back and. You only can record, I think, like 30 seconds or something yeah. like that. And you can only have one thing. So whatever, for me anyway, whatever you put on there is like precious. I mean, like it's high, yeah. high, high billing right there. It's on your yak back. So um, I remember I recorded from the radio the chorus of The Great Adventure by Stephen Curtis Chapman on my yak back. And that was that was on there for a while. So as a kid, that was a, that was a big, big song. It was one of my favorites. That's yeah. awesome, man. It was kind of a blast of the past. Go back and listen to that again. It was, I enjoyed it. So, Yeah, a real blast from the past uh, kind of uh, feature tonight. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of us are listening to uh, songs uh, that, yeah, we've you know, kind of back returning to some, some of the songs that, uh, yeah, we listen to as uh, kids or uh, at least as younger people. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh so one of the cool things that we're wanting to do in, in this in this episode, we're, we're doing a song versus song. We've done a few of these in the past. Uh, in this one, uh, we're going to look at two songs that try to uh, to focus on the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit and, and how we relate to the Holy Spirit. Um, so... I want to kind of give a defense of this format of comparing, you know, a song versus song. Uh, and then after that, I, I do want to, to see what does the Bible say about the Holy spirit and how, how are we going to set our foundation for reviewing these, these two songs? Um, so I, I kind of had this idea of setting two songs against each other years ago. Uh, I, I kept a worship blog for a very short period of time before I realized that I don't have time to write a blog. And um, especially with my growing family, I think after we had our second, maybe our third kid, I don't remember. I've had so many um, that I, I just 
wasn't able to, to keep up with it. But I, I really like the idea of if I'm going to criticize something, if I'm going to say, hey, this song is a, is, is a song you shouldn't listen to, then I also should have a, a an alternative. It's not really helpful to criticize something if you don't have um, if you don't have a solution, like if I'm going to say this is a problem and I don't have a solution to go with it, then my I'm not doing any good. So that's kind of the, the idea behind this. Um, with these two songs in particular, I, I found this to be really interesting for me personally. I uh, I didn't set out to pick two songs about the Holy Spirit, one that I disagreed with and one that I agreed with. If I wanted to do that, it would have been really easy. There's plenty of songs with the Holy Spirit that aren't very good. Um, but this one in particular, I heard it for the first time right around the same time that I heard the other song. So I heard both of these songs probably within two weeks of each other. Um, and I think I heard, uh, Oh, creative one by Providence first. And after the first line of the song, I thought this is the best song I've ever heard on the Holy Spirit. And then whenever I heard the other song, Rest On Us by Maverick City, the whole time I'm listening to it, I was just thinking, oh, creative one is such a better song than this one. And I, and I had to sit down and I had to really analyze the lyrics to fully grasp why I, I felt that. Um, but that was that was kind of my my experience with planning this episode. Uh, and, uh, and so that's why I chose these two songs. I, I heard them around the same time and they have the same subject matter and a very, very similar way that they're approaching the subject as well. And we'll get into that. Um, but I, I really feel like these two songs are just meant to be listened to together and in, and in the context with each other. Um, so when we go through these songs, uh, we're going, when I was listening to them, especially I going through our questionnaire, we have four topics. I'm not going to get into each question, but the four topics um, the psalm model, you know, how does it relate to the psalms and how the psalms teach us to worship? Uh, the scripture element, you know, how do uh, how do these songs uh, deal with scripture? Do they quote scripture? Do they quote scripture correctly? Um, what about excellence? Are these songs excellent musically, lyrically, poetically, uh, in craft and in beauty? And who are these guys? What is the origin of these two uh, these two bands and can we trust that? Uh, so that's those are our our questions, um, and so I want to go ahead and talk about the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? How can we know the role of the Holy Spirit through Scripture? Uh, one of the passages I think that is best. This isn't the only, but I think this is one of the most cohesive and uh, and just widespread. Um, kind of passages on the role of the spirit is from John 16 and verses seven through 15. This is Jesus has just washed the feet of his disciples. He is getting ready to be handed over. Uh, and he is telling his disciples that he will be, he was going to leave them shortly, but not to fear because he will send, uh, he will send a helper. So starting verse seven, it says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, 
because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So in this passage, we we see uh, the role of the Spirit concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He he will convict us of our sins. He will... Uh, lead us to righteousness, and, and He will uh, save us from from judgment. You know, those are those are things that that the Spirit does for us. Um, but also, He will reveal the truth to us. You know, he speaks the truth because He is the voice of God you know, to us, especially He. You know, the Spirit wrote Scripture, um, and so the this, this Spirit also interprets Scripture to us and, and reveals the truth to us. And so those are. Those are what, that's how the Bible um, depicts the spirit. We also have passages about the spiritual gifts that he gives to the church and in equipping and empowering us. But um, yeah, these are kind of just the foundational roles of the spirit. Um, before I, I get too much onto a rant, I do want to open up to you guys, just if you have anything else to add to those. One of the scriptures that came to mind to me um, was John fifteen twenty six. I think it's kind of similar to the one that you just read, but um, I think it says, um, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And I think, uh, at least that's what I've always been taught anyway, is, is that verse says that the main ministry of the Holy Spirit is to point to the Son, to testify of, of Christ. And so I think a ministry that is based around, or a song that's based around the Holy Spirit that doesn't um, that doesn't address that or doesn't characterize the Spirit in that way, I guess I should say, um, throws up a red flag for me. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, some of the things I thought of are that the Holy Spirit helps us understand the Bible. I mean... Um, the we believe you know the Athanasian Creed uh, that the uh, Spirit proceeds from the Father and that through the Son uh, and uh, f- proceeds from the Father and the Son and uh, we you know part of that is that the Spirit then um, you, you know in, in John sixteen uh, where you, you were just were. You t- Jesus talks about going away, but leaving that spirit as our helper. And um, part of that helping is helping us to understand the Bible, helping us to do, uh, you know, enabling us to do good works. Um, we can't do good works apart from ourselves. That you know, I'm pulling on Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, 16, paragraph 3. Um, and uh, those were just some of the things that I... Um, uh, was thinking about while you were reading that. Yeah. Um, 
a good website called Got Questions. I know that uh, Justin likes to pull from this website pretty frequently. Uh, and they have an article on the, the, the role of the spirit. And here's just one of the paragraphs from it. We'll link the full article in the show notes. But it says, uh, among those functions is that of revealer of truth. The spirit's presence within us enables us to understand and interpret God's word. Jesus told his disciples that when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Uh, he reveals to our minds the whole counsel of God as it relates to worship, doctrine, and Christian living. He is the ultimate guide, going before, leading the way, removing obstructions, opening uh, the understanding, and making all things plain and clear. He leads in all the way uh, we should go in all scriptural the spiritual things. <clears throat> Without such a guide, we would be apt to fall into error. A crucial part of the truth he reveals is that Jesus is who he said he is. The Spirit convinces us of Christ's deity and incarnation, his being the Messiah, his suffering and death, his resurrection and ascension, his exaltation to the right hand of God, and his role as the judge of all. He gives glory to Christ in all things. Uh, especially there at the end, when just all the ways that the Spirit points to Christ, uh, that is, again, his primary role. And any gifts that the Spirit gives to the church is for the church to serve one another as a means of pointing to Christ. And, uh, and I think that's a very important understanding of the spiritual gifts, especially when considering um, charismatic theology. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, the Holy Spirit, being God, is inexhaustible. But uh, I think that's a helpful kind of uh, frame, anyway, for discussing the two songs that we have before us tonight. Um, the first is Rest on Us, sung by Maverick City Music and Upper Room. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe this is a different one. But I also have featuring Brandon Lake and Eniolia Abi Oye. Are they from Upper Room? Brandon Lake is, uh, I think he's one of the songwriters on this one. From what I understand, I he's, he's kind of a, uh, a free agent, kind of hovers around the, the big four. Uh, kind of like Oh, Phil okay. Nice. Yeah, All right. Phil Wickham has associations. With oh, like sure enough. Yeah. He was on graves like, into gardens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I think Brandon Lake is really heavily associated with Bethel, but not exclusively. I think he does a lot with elevation and, and Hills on as well. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. So let me go ahead and, and get into this and I'm not going to, I'm not going to comment too much on the, the repeats, I have them written, and so if you're, we usually put the lyrics into the uh, into the show notes, and so you'll see all of the the repeats. I, I, I used some mathematical sort of operations in there as well because that's what I do. Um, there's also on the recording. There's a bunch of these like spontaneous turnarounds, and we're not going to comment too much on on those as well. But you'll you'll see those if you search for the lyrics online. Um, 
So yeah, I'm just going to read through some of these and as I feel like I need to, I will pause and comment. Uh, so Rest on Us by Maverick City Music and Upper Room and Brandon Lake and that other person. Uh, as the spirit was moving over the waters, spirit, come move over us, come rest on us. So come down, spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you're moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in, come rest on us. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. That, that's all the unique words in the song. And I think it takes something around seven minutes to get through it all. Um, so let's let's go back to the verse one. Uh, as a spirit was moving over the water, right. spirit, come move over us, come rest on us. Um, so clearly what they are referring to scripturally in this part uh, from Genesis uh, chapter one, verse two B says in the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, the song doesn't explicitly explain how the spirit was moving, just that the spirit was moving and that I want the spirit to move in that same way over me. Um, so, but the, it's really vague and confusing. It doesn't really clearly communicate how it wants the spirit to move in us. Just that it wants us to move in that same way. Uh, my most charitable guess is to say that the spirit was moving in a, in, in the context of creation. So the songwriter wants to be created or recreated, possibly sanctified. Um, again, just trying to be as charitable as I can be. It, it that still lacks a distinction between regeneration and sanctification. And it reads more like a conversion narrative. Like I want the spirit to recreate me, to make me into a new creation. Um, Whereas if I am a Christian, I am already a new creation and I would rather want to sing about growing in the spirit, not, you know, being recreated. Um, there's also some clunky grammar in the way the first line is directed to the listener and refers to the spirit. Uh, so as the spirit was, was moving over the water, you know, I'm, I'm not talking to the spirit. I'm talking to the listener. And then it switches spirit once you move over us. Um, it would almost be better to say something like spirit as you moved over the water. Um, won't you come in and move over us or, or something along those lines? It's, it's kind of strange uh, to, to work in, in that way. Um, did you guys have anything to add to that first verse? Go ahead, Spencer. Um, I was, I guess another charitable view of that line uh, would be maybe they're thinking of it from the perspective of that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters in preparation of doing a great work. Okay. Um, so more generally. Yeah. So like, because um, I think ministries from what I've, I, I don't know much about Maverick City uh, Church. Um, I've looked into it a little bit since, you know, in preparation for this. Uh, but it seems like they're very, um, uh, say, uh, I don't want to say mission, not from like a gospel s standpoint necessarily, but like a mission standpoint, like they're, they're 
they have programs and they're trying to, to accomplish something. I don't know what word I'm looking for there. But it seems like this type of a song would be their anthem of God's about to do something in our city. Um, and as he's hovering over the city, getting ready to do a work, you know, uh, come fill us to be able to do that work or something like that. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. The thing I was going to mention, I think we're going to get into this with the next line. But where it says, Spirit, come, move over us, come, rest on us, as if the Spirit's not there. Um, We need to, like, somehow call out the Spirit. Um, Now, again, that's maybe not as charitable as you all are being. Um, So maybe I'll, 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 I'll say that with a grain of salt. Maybe that's not exactly what they were meaning. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just overly sensitive to that kind of language because, um, yeah, you know, we, um, we do need to acknowledge that God is everywhere and is always present with us. He's not, he's not yeah. present at church, but not present with us in our day-to-day life, for instance. Um, yeah. and it's a distinction that I see is, is missed a lot of times, like where we have to, um, yeah, we're, we're sometimes you'll hear language around like inviting God into this space. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, he doesn't need your invitation and he's already here. Yeah. I, I think about like the, the Babylon B article uh, in response to the song, Holy Spirit by Jesus culture, oh. where, where it was <laughs> the, the, the third person of the Trinity is eagerly waiting in, in the lobby of the church, uh, waiting to be uh, invited on in. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 invoking language, and and I, you know, it's to be less charitable. Uh, invoking language is, is more pagan, um, and so we want to be careful not to accidentally say something that's pagan. Uh, and so that's yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say this song is, but invoking language in general, it, it's that's not how our God operates. I think it also kind of shows a different view of the Holy Spirit and the believer. Um, like, to me, I think the more accurate way of, of referring to it would be um, that he's already indwelling us from salvation. And we should be asking him to help us to, you know, uh, crucify our flesh, mortify mm-hmm. our flesh so that we can become less and he can become more. Not yes. that he's outside of us and has to be summoned, but that he's already inside of us and we're trying to give him more, um, not like a mindless control, like, uh, but but just more sway in our lives that we, um, anyway, I think you know what I'm saying, but, but yeah. for him to fill us more, not from an external sense, but from an internal sense. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of filling, uh, let me move on to this next line. Uh, so the chorus so, so come down, spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here, and I know you are moving. I'm here, and I know you will fill me. Um, so this is very highly emotional language. When you come down, spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. That is a physical reaction to an emotional experience. I mean, it's, it's blatantly that. Uh, you cannot interpret that in any other way. Um, a physical response to, a, to an emotional uh, or a physical reaction to an emotional response. I don't know how I said it, whatever, but it's, it's a, 
it's this kind of longing to feel something, longing to feel the presence of God. And, and, and it's more of this invoking language, you know, so come down so that I can feel you as if I'm not already indwelt with the spirit and I need to feel him to know he's there when I, when instead I should be resting on the promise that Jesus gave us that I will give you the helper and he will help you. We should rest in the words of Christ and his promise and, and his, um, and, and the fact that he's never failed us. And so it, it's just this very, very strange idea of, I know that the spirit is there when I feel he is there. You know, I, you're here and I know you're moving and I know that you're moving because I feel you, you're making my heart pound. And, and I know that you will fill me um, as if you're not already indwelt in, in, in me. And, and it's, it's just very strange. Yeah, all about feeling, all about yeah, emotion um, rather than truth. And um, unfortunately, I mean, this is something that we pick on, I guess, quite a bit. But um, emotions feelings lie to us all the time and we might feel one way, but the truth is another. Um, I was listening to uh, the most recent Presby girls episode. I don't know if y'all have heard this one, but they had Rosaria Butterfield on and it was a fantastic interview. And she was describing um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Rosaria Butterfield was a tenured professor um, and, uh, you know, uh, lived as a lesbian and, um, you know, by God's grace was, was saved out of that and became a believer, uh, became a Christian. And, um, she describes that when she became a Christian, she was declared free from that sin, but she did not feel free from that sin at that moment in time. And so it was a great example of the church needs to be a place where that declaration is, you know, upheld and not the feelings being enforced, if that makes sense. Right. Just because so often our feelings can lie to us. Yeah, there's a, and we'll we'll talk about this in our next episode, but Shasta's complaint on Into the Lantern Waste there's just an excellent line that says a man may find his eye deceiving a fool holds on to trust his sight. A wise man knows that his own feeling may not with the truth align. And uh, I just love that line. That's just one of my favorites. I was looking at, or I was thinking about the the line where it says, yeah, you make my heart pound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, and this is hopefully not nitpicking or anything, but, I guess I was just trying to think what, what is exactly are they saying by saying you make my heart pound by that choice of words? What are the different things that could make your heart pound? Fear, um, adrenaline, um, maybe if, uh, your you girlfriend. know, girlfriend, yeah, some sort of romantic thing, <laughs> which I won't rule out here. <laughs> um, is there any other thing that can make your heart pound that I, I'm not missing? I mean, are those the three main options there? Yeah, I'm just trying if to I, figure out exactly ah, what. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, stress. What, yeah, what exactly stress. Are you saying by you make my heart man. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. I, I mean, it's just. I don't know. I um, stress. I'm thinking it, it either has to be some sort of adrenaline, excitement, or um, 
a romantic type thing. It has to be the only two because I don't think that they would be singing about fear or stress. Yeah, because fear so is. I think you know, that kind of opens up a whole nother can of worms. Well, fear is the cardinal sin in the charismatic church, but um, at least in the music that we hear from them. Um, one of the things, things that they want to be delivered from. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not that. I, I think it's just the most charitable that I can think of is like a positive emotional experience that is to them an affirmation of the, the, the presence of the spirit. Um, you know, I, I can feel the spirit moving. So so I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm getting uh, uh, like positively agitated. Um, so one of the things that I, I found to be really Interesting. So in John three, verse eight, uh, it talks about, you know, the, the spirit, you know, the spirit goes here and there. He, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And, and I think that Jesus is actually referring to, um, to Ecclesiastes two. I've been convinced of that for a while, but, um, you know, it's this idea of the spirit goes where the spirit wills. And, and I think that in the charismatic church, they, take that to mean that the spirit can leave you as the spirit wills and the spirit can come back as the spirit wills. And, and I think that's just such a dangerous and, and sad theology to, to believe and, and to propagate. But, um, but I'm not part of that church. And so I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I get that idea from this song about this, you know, the continually requesting invoking of the spirit to come and fill me even post salvation. I think at the end of that verse though, in John three, eight, that it's pretty clear that what he's talking about is whoever's born of the spirit. Like we don't know who he's going to, you know, we don't know who he's chosen, who he's elected. Oh yeah. spirit saves as he wills, you know? Yeah. But I also know that in the charismatic church, they tend to not be too uh, happy with the reformed, uh, distinctions and uh, right. So, so there's that. Um, so in, in, you know, moving on with this idea of this kind of this invoking the spirit to come again and again, um, we get into verse two where it says, you know, fire and wind come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in come rest on us. And, and that, that line fire and wind is, is clearly referring to, uh, to Pentecost. You know, there's the the sound of the rushing wind, the the tongues of fire that are resting on the uh, the disciples there in the upper room. I mean, we've got all that going on here. Um, but what in the world do they mean by "do it again"? It, it just it doesn't it doesn't fit with the scripture. It doesn't make sense. And and I and I don't know. Maybe what... they mean like uh, the Hebrews album. Like the, the, oh, <laughs> do it again and again. And... I don't think that's what they mean, but but it but it, it it kind of works that way, right? Like Jesus died once and for all, so we could be saved once. His sacrifice was sufficient to save us once. The Spirit does not need to come and do it again, like like the the priests of old had to, to sacrifice over and over again. And so that's, I think that this line makes me the most angry uh, because of that, because it's such a misrepresentation of, of the gospel of grace. To be, I guess, charitable here again, 
And I, I'm not a fan of this song. I know I keep saying I'm being charitable, <laughs> but um, I'm giving them, I guess, the benefit of the doubt charitable. of their uh, of their motives. I wouldn't. I feel like it's kind of a twisting scripture here, but um, or at least the meaning of it. Uh, but I think once again they're coming from the mindset of they're gearing up for some great work, and I think they see Pentecost as the precursor to like you know the 3000 you know they go out and the 3000 yeah. get saved the church grows you know explosion of growth in the church and and so i think uh from the charismatic point of view the the catalyst for that kind of growth and work of the lord is uh a, a, a falling of the spirit and the tongues and the and so that's that's where i think what they're asking for is for the holy spirit to show up in a big way as they see it like on pentecost and then empower and direct them to be able to go out and, and have a big, you know, church explosion yeah. work. So I don't agree with it. I'm just saying, I think that's where they're yeah. coming from. That's, that's a good fair. point. And might we still say, I mean, obviously anyone coming to Christ is a work of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if we're um, charitable, I mean, that might be, that might be a place where we can kind of get on, on the same page anyway, uh, is, is, where maybe, maybe it's, you know, the tongues and all that uh, in this big way, so to speak, right? Um, but what if it, uh, you know, praying for the spirit, uh, praying for boldness, praying for, um, uh, you, you know, God's word to go out into all the earth and for, um, you know, people to be called forth to preach, preach the word, right? Men to go out and preach the word, Uh is definitely something that we would want to do. And the, all of that is spirit empowered. Um, mm-hmm. All of that is, you know, through the, through the authority of the Holy spirit. I think doing the, uh, or, or trying to ask for Pentecost over and over again, I think just uh, there's a different way. I think a better way that, that they could have put that um, because Agreed. I think that is one, one event that was promised by Christ that came once yeah. And, Agreed. Uh, and, uh, we don't yeah, I was that. just trying to be winsome. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so the the last kind of section of this song is is the bridge where they they say, "Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want." And uh, this is repeated over and over again. It's. It's repeated six times that that phrase, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Um, and, and, and I don't know about you, but as much as I do, you know, want the spirit to do his role in my life, it's not all, I want. you know, I, and, and I know that they're probably being colloquial, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, to be hyperbolic. Um, but when you're, when you're speaking, you need to speak truth. And hyperbole has its time and its place, and, and they're they're not set up in in the context of the song for a hyperbolic statement to read as a hyperbolic statement. And so, when you read this 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 line in a vacuum, it says, you, "You're all we want." Um, you know, I, I want the you know I, I want the active obedience of Christ and the passive obedience of Christ and his in his resurrection, so that I can gain the imputed righteousness of Christ. Like these are major things that, that I want in, in, in light of the Holy spirit. And, and it's just, it's very strange to just put it that way. You're all we want. 
especially just in the context of the rest of the song, the song feels very selfish. And I'm not even going to say self-centered. It feels very selfish. It feels like they're invoking the spirit of God to come and empower us so that we can be empowered, you know, for the sake of, of, of empowerment, you know, and uh, maybe they want to see a good work of the Holy spirit, but what we talked about in, in the beginning is the, the main thing that the Holy Spirit, like the main role of the Holy Spirit is to point to Christ. And Christ is not mentioned once in this song. And so the point of the Holy Spirit in the context of this song is not to empower us to do the work of Christ. It's to empower us so that we can feel him, so that we can be empowered. And that is just very, very, very odd and dangerous theology. I think there's also, um, like you said in the flying solo, uh, I think episode mm-hmm. you said this of um, that there's a certain way that scripture kind of lays out for how we address certain, like the, the Trinity is is hard to understand, obviously, but you know we we pray to the Father uh, in the name of the Son to the Holy Spirit or something like that. I mean, I, I don't yeah, think the power anymore. of the Spirit to Christ. Yeah, but uh, like so I like I pray to Christ, which I. I don't think is wrong, but I'm just saying like the, the general model in scriptures, you pray to the father through the, through the son in the name of the son. Um, and I think to say that the spirit is what we want in the sense of wanting something, I would think the more appropriate thing to say would be that we want Christ because he, you know, the Holy spirit is in us and we're in the Holy spirit. Well, the Holy spirit's in us, but we're in Christ and Christ is in us. Um, and once again, all three of them are, are the Trinity, but I think, mm-hmm our inheritance is Christ, not necessarily right. think the Holy spirit. So if we were going to say one of the members of the Trinity that, you know, is all we want, I would, I would think it would have to be Christ. I don't think I see that of the father or the spirit in scripture anywhere. Right. Agreed. So it just, it just makes for this, this strange, uh, strange kind of idea. Um, and so, uh, there's something about the psalm model that I wanted to to point out. You know, we we talked about different kinds of psalms. We talked about uh, lament and praise. You know, we we talked about um, thanksgiving, and we talked about petition. And this this song is is petition. You know, it's it is a it's requesting something of the spirit. Uh, the entire psalm from beginning to end is is petition. You know you know, spirit come move over us, you know, so come down, um, you know, fire and wind come and do it again. You know, it, it, all of this is from the voice of petition. However, musically and lyrically, it's, it's a very upbeat. It's very like, I'm going to say it's, it's a party song because you have like these voices laughing in the background. You have this, very intense drumming at, at the bridge. Uh, this is this is a party song, but it's it's petitioning the spirit, and so there's this huge disconnect about what is being said and how it is being said, which is why I, I said earlier that the song is very selfish. You know, it's this party song about you know almost commanding the spirit of what to do, and, and that's that's not a charitable reading, and, and I and I realize that, but it's the way that it says it 
it's almost like I'm bossing the spirit around. Like I'm in charge of the spirit. I'm invoking the spirit to do my will. And, um, and it just, I don't know. It just really, really bothers me. Uh, and, and I don't know if that that's even what the, the songwriters would agree with me. And, and so that's why I say it's not necessarily charitable, but that's just the vibe I get. I, I never noticed the, the laughter in the background until you mentioned it. Is that like that holy laughter from like the, uh, NAR, NAR? Maybe. Type, type thing? I wonder if that's, I mean, like I have no idea, but that'd be really sad if it were. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of strange. Um, go ahead. I was going to ask a question. Do you happen to know where this lies on the CCLI chart? Like, how, are churches singing this? I mean, it has uh, over 11 million plays on Spotify. Absolutely. Our, our chapel sings it all the time. And in our, in our chapel, uh, you know, they sing songs that, that the kids are singing in church. Do they laugh? No, no. And they don't do the spontaneous parts either. <laughs> they, they, they do rest on us in a Presbyterian way. Do any of the kids spontaneously like to start dancing? Uh, this is, like I don't, I don't work at a Presbyterian school. I know you don't. I'm just saying <laughs> this would be like the Presbyterian. Uh, like I, I went to, you know, a Christian yeah. school growing up. Right. And I remember right. chapels yeah. and I remember, uh, yeah, they were not necessarily somewhere where everybody wanted to be. Um, right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, musically, I, I wanted to, to point something out as well. The song is very uninspired musically. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not excellently crafted or like the people, the musicians weren't, weren't good. It's just, it's predictable. Um, it starts off, you know, you have your acoustic guitar and then the instruments build, they build, gets to the bridge. There's some piano going on, but it's almost like a cacophony of, of noise by the time it gets to the bridge. Everything is at like 11 and you can barely pick out the different instruments that are going on. And then, you know, after the bridge goes down to like the, the, the down chorus kind of thing. And it goes back down to how, how it always is. But um, that was just something that I, I noticed. And, and I'll talk more about that in our next song as well. But that was just a very stark contrast to, uh, to the instrumentation in, in the next song. I have to say, I enjoyed the the music. I don't like the Seven Eleven, you know, where it goes on forever, but or the, all the repetition, but I, I enjoyed the music. If the lyrics were better, I, I wouldn't mind listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. It has the uh, campfire vibe a little bit. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? It, mm-hmm. It's like a, a good old country song, you know, like where everybody's, I don't know, coming together and playing a song together is it, yeah. kind of the feel it has to me, which is uh, there's something to that. There's some, it's a party song, you know? Yeah. It's a party <laughs> song. <laughs> and uh, at least it's a uh, Christian themed party song, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. There, maybe, maybe there's something to that. I'm, I'm, I'm not singing this one in church. Um, <laughs> but I, is it, you know, I, I pull out the, pull out the charts, right? Like, uh, what, what is this? A, a, a type two song? I mean, oh, you would think, I mean, no, right? it's, it's, it's definitely a type one song. It's, it's to the spirit. So it is, 
from from man to God. So it is definitely a, a type one song. And, oh, it's and, meant to be a type one song. Right. Um, and quite honestly, I've heard songs on, on the radio that are meant to be sung, sung in church that are are incredibly like less appropriate than this one uh, as far as the music goes. Uh, I just... Uh, to me, in, in my in my perspective, when comparing the the music of this song to the music in, in other songs, especially the the one we're about to talk about, I just felt like it was there wasn't like the, there wasn't like a lot of color instrumentation. It was just guitar, piano, drums, bass, and very predictable. Like starting low, building, building, all out in the bridge, and then kind of a down chorus again at the end. I mean, and, and I say this, that's pretty much exactly the the layout of uh, my song on Spotify, mine and Justin's. I mean it's 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 just, it's a classic. It's it's uh it's it's not you know it's not the most original, but it's it, for a church song, you don't necessarily have to be the most original. You want to be relatable as well. It's a formula that works. They've it's they've, a, it's a formula they've owned in their formula, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. Do we, we? I don't know that we really talked about baptizes afresh tonight. Yeah, I, I was gonna just kind of skip over the spontaneous stuff because I don't think that that okay. was necessarily like that wasn't something they did in the workshop to to write the song. So I was just gonna kind of gloss yeah. over it. Okay. But if he was right. a co-writer, then that kind of gives, I think, insight into. I mean, you don't have to include it. I'm just saying. I think that if yeah. he wasn't just somebody that was singing it separately he was a songwriter so i think that gives insight into his intention to what he meant by some of the lyrics yeah yeah do you, do you guys want to talk briefly about the spontaneous stuff on on the record ah. uh, we we if you want to um i was just i mean baptizes afresh tonight like how many times do you have to be baptized um well, it depends on how many different types of baptism there are. If you're talking about the water and the spirit. Oh yeah, well yeah, um, which is a little bit Keswick theology, right? You have to. There's the holiness movement, you know, uh, where yeah. you have to. Uh, there's kind of two phases of Christianity. You're saved, sure, but then if you're really saved, like saved, right. saved then that's like a whole different thing, which is I would reject, obviously. But they consider, I don't know much about charismatic theology, but it, but they consider the whole, like when they lay hands on you and speak on tongue, speak in tongues, is that considered baptism or then or type of baptism? I, I'm not sure either. I was referring to um, a different movement, which is probably related, but started oh back in, it, w- it was a while ago, but the Keswick, theology is is not necessarily related to um pentecostalism uh and so i I, i'm not sure the relationship there um and i I, consequently i also don't know the answer to your question Hmm. well let's uh i'll I'll include some of this might cut some of it but let's just let's just uh, agree that we aren't part of that movement so we don't necessarily know exactly what it means. So let's, uh, we can, we can move on. Yeah. Uh, so that is, 
uh, Rest on Us by Maverick City. Uh, so let's go on to our next song, uh, Oh Creative One by Providence. Uh, from what I understand, Providence is a church in Austin, Texas. I learned that from their website. Uh, and they, so just throwing this out there, their website doesn't really offer a whole lot about uh, their denomination. So from what I understand, a non-denominational uh, they have the word gospel centered plastered all over their website. So take that for what well, you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're they least... define what gospel is. Because <laughs> you, right. you have to define what they mean. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, a couple different flags on the play there, uh, I, I will admit. But um, one thing that I have learned for certain is whatever the the teaching is whatever, you know, the the gospel presentation going on at the church is will be reflected in the music. And so if you don't have like a clear, uh, if you don't have a a clear understanding of what they believe by looking at, you know, their website, however well made it is, uh, if the music is consistently teaching something well, then I would, I would use that definitely as, as a, a litmus test for what the church believes. I think that was kind of the whole premise of the, the Mars Hill reviews that we did. So let's get into this one. So the first line, first verse says, Oh, Spirit of God, come guide, awaken us to behold the Christ. And I want to pause there for a second, because that is one of the most beautiful lines written about the Holy Spirit in a song that I have ever heard. Um, it just, that sums it up so well. You could probably stop there and say, you're not going to find a better song than this one on the Holy Spirit after that line. Um, but I will continue. Yeah, it gets on to how the Spirit points us to Christ and mm-hmm. uh, Christ to God. Um, and, um, and the next line, direct our affections and hopes to the heavens, O Spirit, guide, um, is excellent as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's bringing our affections, our feelings under control mm-hmm. of Christ, um, so that it's not us anymore. Uh, it's uh, it, it's actually God um, directing us, uh, and it's coming under the truth and letting truth be the engine and letting the feelings and all that kind of take the, the back seat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, song continues. It says the, the next kind of verse is, Oh spirit of God, come breathe, reveal your truth, your wisdom, speak, revive and refresh us by your word and your presence. Oh spirit breathe. Uh, notice a difference. It doesn't, it's not, uh, asking the, the spirit to come and share his presence with us. It, it is declaring, you know, that there is a context of the presence of the spirit with us already. So, you know, come breathe, reveal your truth, your wisdom speak, you know, that's straight out of, you know, John 16, what we read earlier, you know, revive and refresh us by your word and your presence of spirit breathe. I think of 
this idea of revive and refresh is like living water, you know, thinking of, of John four, um, you know, just, just taking in of the truth of God and, and just being awakened to that truth, um, awakened alive to truth. You might even say, I think that's a John Cooper book, I think out there somewhere. <laughs> um, I think it also refers to that scripture, all scriptures, God breathed. Mm-hmm. And the spirit, obviously, is the inspiration of. But I think that's why he uses the word breathe a few times there is, is in reference to the scripture, the word. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the, the chorus says, come with your light and your truth. Come sanctify and renew, O creative one. Renovate our hearts. Uh, we have the word sanctify in here, which is very clear about what that is. You know, it's the work of the spirit coming to um, to a, an already regenerate uh, believer and working in the life of that believer so that they can repent of their sin and grow closer into the image of Christ. Um, and so that is, that is where this song does talk about sin in context, not necessarily by, by name, but the process of sanctification is, is a, uh, is the process of, of the, the, the Christians continual repentance of their sin and, and growing and being, uh, being made more into the image of Christ. I looked up the word renovate that for some reason, that word, and it may be a perfectly good choice, um, to use there, but that kind of hit me a little funny. Um, I guess because my pastor always drills into us that, you know, salvation isn't a renovation, it's a regeneration. Mm-hmm. Um, And that a lot of people feel like, you know, getting saved is like uh, flesh management, you know, uh, instead of uh, a crucifixion of the flesh. So I'm just looking up in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, which is the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it says to renew, to restore to the first state or to a good state after decay, destruction or deprivation. Synonymous with renew, except in its fourth definition, which it doesn't give. So. I don't know. I I'd say that of all the song, that's the one word that I think I probably would have chosen a different word there, but that's just me because we're not restored back to what we lost. We were giving something new that we didn't have before. And I say that that is completely fair. I I do think that that line, the, the, Oh, creative one, renovate our hearts. I do think that they are choosing words that are uncommon so that the song can be remembered. Um, so that can stand out. And, And I don't necessarily think that's the, best way to choose words. I, I find it really interesting that they chose to refer to the spirit as O oh, creative one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is absolutely appropriate to use that, to use that because the, the spirit, um, you know, as we learned in the last song, the spirit was hovering over the waters during you know, creation. You know, so the, the spirit was part of creation, but the spirit also, uh, was the one who, um, was breathed into the writers of scripture so that they could create the, the written word of God. Uh, I I absolutely think that that is a completely appropriate word, but it is very unique. You don't hear that uh, as an, as an expression of the spirit uh, very often. And I think renovate our hearts uh, again, I believe that that they were possibly wanting to look for a cool album title and working it into a song. And that is the title of the album is renovate our hearts. So I, that may have something to do with it. Um, 
Yeah, I'd say that the word, it's not inappropriate. It may not be the best, but. Uh, and that just I, might so, be a bias that I bring into it because of what, sure. my, like what has been drilled into me. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's fair as well. Uh, I, I definitely have uh, pet peeve words and songs that, that I call out that no one else, that it doesn't bother anyone else, but uh, yeah, no song is perfect except for the 150 in the middle of our Bibles. Right. That's right. Uh, I was just going to pop in and say, John 1, 3, all things were made by him, and without him mm. was not anything that uh, made that was made, um, which is, it's talking about the word there, which is Christ. Yeah, right. Um, I, I don't Colossians know. 1 I've, as well. Yeah, I've always thought about, yeah, Jesus. Um, uh, if you were going to say, oh, creative one of any, uh, person of the Trinity, it might be, it might be Christ just based on that one verse. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I found that title a little bit interesting as well, but it might be something fun to talk with them about sometime. Yeah, yeah I would agree absolutely. with that, but I know it says several places in Genesis one, let us, you know, Oh yeah. So I guess not. It's yeah, accurate to absolutely. say the spirit. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I would say Christ is the one that through him, all things are made and all things are sustained. And, you know. But, yeah, but you're absolutely right. Cause um, all three, yeah, it, it's not like, and they're all one, uh, the Trinity, uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, all, like you mentioned, all were present at creation, um, all are uncreated and, um, through the word, um, the world came into existence. Right. Um, anyway, I was uh, thinking that too, though. Yeah. Yeah. So again, Absolutely. I think that I think he was trying not not to be. Um, I, I don't think he was trying to uh, you know choose words that were going to you know trying to shock us or anything like that. I, I think that he's just trying to think of uh, an original line, and uh, it works, but it may not be the best. So I, I can I can forgive it since the rest of the song is so good and it doesn't speak heresy or heterodoxy or even less than orthodoxy. So I think you can pick your battles for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the next verse says, Oh spirit of God, come fill, enable us to do your will, to love justice and mercy and walk with you humbly. Oh spirit fill to love one another, to worship none other. Oh spirit fill. And uh, you know, this, that, First line from Micah 6, 8. Uh, then we have the second commandment and, or the second greatest commandment, uh, rather, and the first commandment, uh, all kind of in there together. You know, this only by the, the regenerative work of the Spirit are we even able to do the will of the Lord. And that's what he is, he is asking. And, uh, and then using scripture to define what the will of the Lord is as well. Not just our emotions, but what the truth says. I just, I just love that. Um, another minor quibble is when I think of that verse in Micah 6, 8, I, I think of the first person of the Trinity. So it says, walk with you humbly. Um, I believe that's directed to the Godhead, not necessarily the third person of the, the Trinity. So minor, minor quibble there. Um, but again, it's 
the the heart behind it is is, is right. Uh, I like what you said about you know, um, oh Spirit of God, come fill, enable us to do Your will. Uh, mm-hmm. That enabling us to do Your will is kind of we, we talked about this at the top, but just wanted to reiterate um, the. Westminster Confession of Faith in, in chapter 16, which talks all about good works and, you know, what are good works? How are they done? Um, who does them? You know, how are they enabled? Um, and it draws on uh, a couple of passages in Ezekiel, Second uh, Corinthians, Philippians, um, some others as well. But it, it, it says their ability to do good works uh, is not at all of themselves, but wholly un- from the spirit of Christ and that they may be enabled thereunto. besides the graces that they have already received. There is required an actual influence of the same Holy spirit to work in them, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Uh, and it goes on, but th- that's pulling straight from uh, Philippians two verse 13, for it is God, which worketh in you both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Second Corinthians 3.5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Um, pointing us once again to the, the Holy Spirit as how we're enabled to do all these good works. Just yeah. Put that out there. So when, as we move into the bridge, which is kind of, it's, it's kind of like a tag, I guess, uh, because there's nothing after it, um, up until that point, we are, the song is a petition, just like the other one. Um, the, there's a much, much better prosody in this song than there is in the other one where this one's not a party song. This one is a lot more contemplative, um, and actually, if, if you know about church modes and uh, how like chord structures and stuff, this one is in something called Mixolydian mode, which is the same chord progression as like Revelation song. Um, so you start kind of on the D and instead of going like one, four, five, six, it starts on like the five and then goes to the two, four, one, five. So you're kind of beginning and ending on the five instead of the one, and you're throwing in an, an A minor instead of an E minor, and and it's a it's it's a very interesting sort of ethereal feel to it, which which kind of puts you into that contemplative uh, the, the, the contemplative frame of mind, and and then moving into the bridge, it switches from petition to adoration. So we're we're requesting things of the spirit, uh, in the, in the lens of the truth and of the scripture. And then it gets to the end and it says, glory to you, our counselor, glory to you, our comforter, renovate us, consecrate us in the power, in your power and love. Um, and it repeats that. And then the song ends. Uh, and so we, we do have this, you know, this kind of this humble requesting of the spirit to do, uh, to do things that are in line with his with his role as outlined in scripture. And then we end with, a, with this adoration, glory to you, our counselor, glory to you, our comforter. 
renovate us, consecrate us in the power of your love and in your power and love. For sure. Um, I was just going to say, I will link to a uh, YouTube video about the Mixolydian mode from uh, somebody we've mentioned on the show before, Rick Beato, who is on YouTube. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something that interests you. Um, go check that out. I know this kind of stuff is fascinating to me too. But, um, I'm always... I'm always happy to see a song that's not just the standard one, four, five, six. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that has, you know, a, a stronger than bare minimal grasp on, on music theory, which sadly you don't see a whole lot of in CCM. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the top comment on this particular video is Mixolydian is the bullet chord. Major in the front, minor in the back, party on dudes. <laughs> so yeah. apply that as you will. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. All right. So do you guys have any final thoughts on, on these songs? I would say go listen to them and uh, come to your own conclusions. But we... Um, you, you know, check them out, you know, consider the words that <clears throat> they're singing, consider what uh, you're being encouraged to, to do or not to do or to believe or not to believe, um, based on, uh, what it's all, what, what it's all saying. And, um, yeah, go, go listen. We have, uh, oh, I should probably do this, but We'll put in we'll put in links to the songs. I enjoyed both. Um, as far as musically, I enjoyed both. I didn't in, enjoy the lyrics as much of the um, the rest on us. Um, I have been listening to Oh Creative One, you know, a good bit today, just in preparation and stuff, and I do really enjoy it. I'm not sure um, if stylistically they're they're quite an equal swap. Like you could just pop no creative one in instead of rest on us in your worship order. Uh, I might be wrong about that. Maybe just because of the way it was recorded differently, um, but different instrumentation, I mean, mm-hmm. um, but I, I do feel like uh, it is a much more solid song. And uh, um, I think it, it, if anything, it's more biblically, I guess the other one does pull from scriptures too, but I think it, it applies to scriptures. It pulls from more accurately and also gives a better, um, uh, view of the Holy Spirit and its ministry and what it's supposed to do or, w- or what he does through scripture revealed. Um, I did want to comment and, you know, if you're going to play these songs in your church, you know, you're going to play with them with whatever instruments you have that you're, they have available. But in this recording, uh, I really did like that. It was, you could, you could hear the different instruments the whole, the whole way through. That was different than, in the rest on us, uh, you know, there's a, there is an electric guitar with, uh, with a filter that is, is very interesting. I've not, I can't really even describe it. It's not overbearing. There's not a ton of distortion, 
but it's it doesn't sound necessarily like a natural acoustic guitar. It, it has a very distinct sound to it. And they also have a steel guitar, which uh, I'm not always the biggest fan of steel guitar because I don't because I don't really like country music. But um, I really liked it in this one. It, it, it felt right in this song. Um, there's some other instruments going on as well, and you can pick them out through through the whole song. They they come in and out as as they need to, but there's not one instrument that overwhelms any of the others. And I really appreciated that in, in this particular, uh, in this particular recording. Um, one thing I did I want to say as well, not, not necessarily about the songs, but to, to piggyback on something that Grant said, uh, first John four says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Uh, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. And, I think that is a very important verse, especially for what we do here. You know, I, I'm not your pastor. I'm not ordained, um, but I try to test the spirits and, and we do want to encourage you as well. Listen to both these songs, test the spirits. Don't, don't accept them as Christian just because the radio station does, but listen to them and, and, and discern for yourself as well. I think also it would probably be good for people in every denomination to Really, I was thinking today, I don't, was it called pneumatology? Is that the study of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that would be beneficial for everybody to really go in and re-examine what Scripture says about the Spirit. Because I think yes. both even on the Reformed side and on the Charismatic side, there's kind of an uh, understood um, you know, definition or understanding of what the Holy Spirit is and what He does. Mm-hmm. Um, and people kind of don't really go and look at it for themselves because it's so... I guess understood in what in what they've been taught or, or in the church culture. Um, I know that's true for me. I need to I need to go study it some more. Um, like uh, some of the books, like First Corinthians and and others, uh, I haven't studied as much as I as I should. So, um, I guess hey, for people on both sides, I think they should study that some more. And then I think that would help really discern between these two songs to see which one would be more appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there was something that you were saying earlier, uh, in our pre-show talk that I kind of want to pull to just, uh, before we wrap up, but, um, you're talking about earlier today, um, kind of a distinction between being filled by the spirit and the spirit resting on us. So the spirit filling us and the spirit resting on us and they're being, bringing that distinction. Did you want to, did you want to touch on that before we? Yeah, this is uh, something that just kind of I was chewing on this afternoon uh, before we we got on, and I haven't fully chased this down, so this kind of raw thoughts here. Hopefully, I won't say something I will change my mind on later. But but just from what I was thinking on this afternoon, it seems like in the Old Testament, um, I I just thought about uh, Saul in the Old Testament, King Saul, and um, I'm not sure if he was saved or not. I kind of am leaning toward that he was not saved just because of some of the some of the things that uh, he did or that happened to him, such as having the, um, the uh, what was it? The It wasn't an evil spirit. It was a um, disturbing spirit, whatever you call it. The, the one that he had to have David come play the harp to get it to go away. Things like that. I don't think that would happen to a believer um, to be able to be indwelt by something other than the Holy Spirit once you're saved. Um, but the only thing that I can see about Saul in the Old Testament as far as the spirit is that the wording 
seems to indicate like an external, uh, it says, um, you know, the spirit came upon him in power or came upon him and he prophesied or something like that. Um, and I, and so that to me seems more analogous to what the first song that rests on us is, is asking for is for externally the spirit to come on them to empower them to do something, which I think is what was the case with Saul or Samson, um, where the Holy Spirit empowered them to do some work on behalf of God's people, uh, such as deliver them from an enemy or uh, lead them as a king. Um, And I think that that's kind of an Old Testament type uh, that the Spirit did to give a type of of a savior or a king uh, that points to Christ. Uh, and then I think in the New Testament, the wording is more uh, people who were filled with the Spirit. Um, I think denoting more of an internal uh, control rather than an external control um, of the Spirit. Um, and that would be more like in, uh, let's see, I think it's Ephesians 5. Uh, the command is to not be filled with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, and so the fact that the command is to be filled with the spirit to the believer, I think also, um, kind of shows that it's something that we need to do in the sense that, um, we're supposed to be mortifying our flesh daily. We die daily. Um, and it's not something that that we're supposed to call the spirit externally to come do. It's something that rests on us, uh, to, um, make sure that we are mortifying the flesh so that we allow the spirit to work through us instead. Uh, that's already indwelling us. He's already here. We don't have to ask him to come, but we have to get ourselves out of the way daily so that he can work. Um, so, uh, the, the people that were, I think that the spirit came on in, in power, they were used to do something, um, but it didn't necessarily directly point to Christ. It was more of a indirect image of him. Whereas the people who are filled with the spirit in the new Testament, such as Elizabeth, uh, John, the Baptist mom, uh, John, the Baptist, who was filled with the spirit from his, from, from the womb. Um, Stephen, the martyr was filled with the spirit. They all testified of Christ directly. And so I think mm-hmm. uh, if we were going to ask for something, that would be what we would want to ask for. Um, whereas a ministry that's more geared toward some sort of ex- external mission, um, on the ground kind of mission, they may be more tempted to ask for the Jesus, I mean, uh, Holy Spirit to come on them to empower them for the work that they're trying to accomplish. Um, whereas I think that might be a little bit of a backwards way of looking at it. Um, so, and it might open the door for the mission to get off off kilter from a gospel standpoint to more of a social gospel standpoint as well. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's kind of a raw feed there of my thoughts, but that's kind of what I was looking at. That's why we have you on the show, Spencer. (laughs) Raw feed of Spencer's thoughts right here. Oh yeah. Um, That's cool. Something to think about. You mentioned, you know, the, the potential for the social gospel, and I think it was on their on their own website, on Maverick City's website, that has a guy wearing a Juneteenth shirt with George Floyd's name on it and um, saying that they are un- unorthodox rule breakers. I don't know. Some, like, One very strange way from the herd. Yeah. Very strange way to identify yourself 
um, like, why would you like what hurt are you breaking away from the the world or the church? It's, it's, it's very strange. Uh, but again, um, test every spirit. Yep. And like you said, I, I don't get involved with the Juneteenth or, or, you know, some of the other political things along with that. But that, that to me seems like if that's the one picture, if you click on the about page of any church or music ministry, and you're going to read about what they stand for and who they are. And that is the only picture and the main picture that you have. <laughs> and that's the description of yourself. That just to me seems like you've, you've kind of gotten off base there or maybe started off base, but um, yeah. that your motivation isn't about the gospel in the sense of, of, you know, Christ coming to save us from our sins and the wrath of God. Um, but more from, for social equality and, and um, I'm not even really sure how to describe that mission, but more of a social gospel, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, again, the, there's their song. If, if you we remember back to the, the worship song song, you know, they forgot to mention the Jesus. Uh, it's always, always bothers me. Uh, they mentioned God quite a bit, but they forgot to mention Jesus. So how can you be a Christian song if you don't mention Christ? Um, seems in spirit songs. Yeah. But anyway, it is 31 minutes until Lord's Day for, for you, Spencer. So right. uh, so let's let you get off so you can go back to sleep or you can go to sleep. Yeah. Um, anyone have any final thoughts? Nah, good discussion tonight, gents. Discussion. Uh, yeah, this is uh, quite fascinating. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to be a part of it. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Um, so with that, come Lord Jesus. Come quickly. There is a long in the eye to make the wounded whole. There is a long in the eye to heal the sin sick for listening to the Balming Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at theres at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balming Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast.